1: It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com.
0: The volume.
2: In the NBA, the games can change in an instant, but no matter how the action unfolds, do you know that DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. This week, new customers can score $150 instantly in bonus bets by just betting five bucks on basketball. How good of a deal is that from DraftKings Sportsbook? Win or lose, you get the instant W, instant. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Please use the code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. New customers, 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just five The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N, only on DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app code Colin. The crown is yours. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467369 in Connecticut help is available for problem gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort KS licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles 21+ plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance See slash basketball terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and and responsible gaming resources. Okay, you wanted to talk about LeBron James. So, and here, uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So I said on my show today I said the Lakers loss wasn't the worst loss in the NBA last night. The Clippers faced Denver without Jokic, Murray and Gordon. Such they had mess. all four of their stars and in the fourth quarter they were yeah. doubled at yeah. home. The worst
3: loss of the year, No, that's the Clippers are not going to work. And I feel I legit feel badly for Westbrook. I do. He was he actually, Colin, was playing well for the Clippers, played well for them at the end of last year, played well for them in the postseason, was playing well this year. It's very, very clear. He can still amazingly, I didn't think he could be a positive not a superstar but a positive under very specific circumstances and he had it with the clippers then they got harden it went exactly back to what he was asked to do as a laker and that player is is borderline unplayable so i feel bad for russ the clippers did this to themselves um i don't think they're going to be a playoff team i the i but the lakers here's here's the lebron thing i want to talk you ever look at like the old baseball records and it's like, Oh, who has the most complete games in a season? And it's like, Oh, this guy had 38 complete games in one year. You look at some of these old records and you're like, Oh, like Cy Young had how he had 516 wins. It's like, okay, well, so that's no one's probably getting that. Nobody is. Nobody's done the very simple math yet, but LeBron last night, Past Kareem for most minutes ever, playoffs and regular season combined, it's over sixty six thousand. His points record and his minutes record are going to be looked at the way we look at the the nineteen twenties baseball records. They are going to be so far untouchable. Like I want this is this is and this isn't an opinion. So let's talk about the points for a second, okay? And the reason it is is because LeBron check three boxes as an 10 out of 10 of okay how old were you when you came into the league well he was basically as young as anybody possibly can be so that's a check mark in his favor how healthy have you been well he's been as healthy as any player ever that's a check mark and uh how good how good were you immediately as good as any rookies ever been and then by year 2 one of the five best players in the league so he's he's at 39,000 points in change okay So let's just call it 40,000 for the simplicity of math. All right. And let's say someone walks into the league, walks into the league and averages 35 points per game from day one of their rookie year. Okay. And let's say they are incredibly healthy and they play 75 games a year without ever missing time. So, okay. How many years would they have to play? If from day one of a rookie, you average 35 a game. If you play 75 games a year, well, 40,000 divided by 35 divided by 75 equals, Oh, all you would have to do to pass LeBron James in scoring is average 35 points per game your entire career, never get hurt, play ev- all every season and play for it. Let me check 15 and a half years. It's in fucking possible. And yeah. that's not even as untouchable as the minutes after last night. he's at 67,000 minutes? Okay. So let's think about that. 67,000 minutes. Let's say your team made the playoffs every year. You played deep into the playoffs every year. Never started. So let's say you averaged 90 games a season, 90 games a season. All right. Let's say you played, did 90 games a season. Let's say you played 40 minutes a night, 90 games a season, 40 minutes a night. How many years would you have to play? Oh. Only 18 and a half years of 90 game seasons, 40 minutes a night, never getting hurt. So, like, I'm not even, I'm not even right now that interested in the GOAT debate anymore. I just know that, like, some of these records LeBron is setting, and he set one of them last night, are going to, they're going to look like some of Wilt's scoring records. Like, oh, no one can even approach that. Like, the and so, I mean, I looked at Giannis. Giannis is 40,000 minutes shy of LeBron. Like, well, that's then, if you added Michael Jordan's career to Giannis's career, that would give you slightly more minutes than LeBron. Like, nobody's going to approach these records. Nobody's going to approach them.
2: Yeah, I think that's reasonable. So one of the things that, um, as I look at this NFL season, you know, a lot of people are talking about, oh, the officiating is the worst ever. No, it's not. That's a complaint every year. Uh, the game's getting worse. No, it's not. The ratings are higher than ever. I totally I like Tom Brady, but Brady came out and said the game's getting worse. And I said, and this was my take, and I want you to react to it. I said... The reason you think the game is getting worse, because almost as a general rule, young people need support more than middle-aged or older people. Their brain doesn't develop till they're 24, 25. Their confidence levels, uh, they're more affected by criticism when you're 17, 20, 23 than you are. You you get to my age, you don't give a shit. And I said, what's happened, the global wealth has actually hurt quarterback play. And here's my rationale oh, let me so when we were growing up when you were when we were growing up, you could be a car dealer Larry Miller owned the Utah Jazz, a car dealer with a net worth of a hundred million dollars the poorest NFL owners worth like the McCaskey Virginia McCaskey, over two billion dollars and by the way, if she owns the Bears, that's not it because the Bears would sell tomorrow for probably or seven and a half billion. billion dollars or yeah more yeah. yeah sure yeah so what has happened? is it used to be you would never fire Frank Reich in year one if your net worth was 300000000 million. I'm not going to write a $12 million check for Frank Reich. But when I'm worth $32 billion, I'll easily write a $40 million check. So who's the loser in the Frank Reich firing? It's Bryce Bryce Young. New coach, new quarterback coach, new staff. By year two, so what has happened? Increasingly, as the owners have gotten wealthier, all these firings are rounding errors. The richer they get, the more the more uh, secluded they are, uh, the more insulated they are from criticism or punitive action. Right? A bad marketing campaign, if you owned a car dealership thirty years ago, could half your net worth. Jeff Bezos gets no publicity that's positive. It doesn't matter. He's worth 60 billion. And so owners fire quicker. Coaches, knowing it's coming quicker, fire coordinators quicker. Uh, Quarterbacks have to win by Thanksgiving of year two or they get rid of them. Justin Fields in the 70s would get another year. You can't even, that's not even a debate now. You have to move off him. And so the reason quarterback play is perceived as worse, it doesn't make any sense. It's counterintuitive. There's more camps, there's more coaching. Yeah, There's better quarterbacks. What's happening is global wealth has created from the ownership down this domino effect of absolute impatience. And the loser isn't the coach because he gets the money when he gets... Frank Wright gets the money and goes to the beach. It's not the owner. It's not the GM who gets fired. He gets money and goes to the beach. The loser is the 23-year-old quarterback who's got to play with his seven... Justin Herbert's on his third coordinator and second coach. And about to be on his third career. coach.
3: Um yeah. so I have I have actually I'm not a very different theory, but in line with what you're talking about, an experiment I always wanted to see, and I've talked with me and Genie about this, and we'll never get to see it. But what would the result be if you took a like, well-known, medi- like not god-awful terrible, but we know he's not a star coach. Well-known, definition of mediocre head coach. I don't know the example, it, it, and I don't want to name a name, it seems mean. But just say whatever the slightly beneath league average while he, his career was. And an owner said, I am signing this contract that says, You will be my head coach with full control of your own staff for six years at a minimum. If at any point between now and six years, you get fired, I sign the team over to you. I'm telling you, you you have absolute job security. Would that create, by inertia, And by the fact that you can make every decision be forward, long term thinking, all of it instantly by the by year three, much less year six, a top six, top eight coaching staff coach in the league where you're not doing anything impulsively. You're not doing anything that's, bu- that's you know, robbing tomorrow to pay today because you're worried you're going to get canned. And while yes. everyone else is on the treadmill of, oh shit, I got to save my job, you can have the long-term view yes. and install a culture and a system and all of it. I really yeah. believe that would be better than what 90% of these teams do.
2: Yes, and what the benefit of that? is that you could hire a better staff. I mean, Carolina, 90% of the good candidates will not even, they'll tell their agent, don't call, right? Ben Johnson's
3: Um, not going there. Any of those, no, no chance. But the flip, and in addition- You can build
2: a better staff, yes. You can build a better staff with your line of thinking. And over the course of time, the best staff, not just Andy Reid wins. Spags is a big part of that staff, right? So the better staff- But also,
3: guys that can, whatever their culture is going to be, like I don't know for certain. I think it, but I don't know for certain. John Harbaugh and Mike Tomlin are in a vacuum. Tomlin's pretty damn impressive. Let me use Harbaugh, but um, in a vacuum, a great coach. But what both of them had was nearly instant Super Bowl wins, which gave them at least for the next, Half decade, a hundred percent job security, which allowed them to install one hundred percent of their system and their culture. And whatever learning on the job they needed to do, they could do with safety and security. And now we look at them as unquestioned great coaches. Like there is a level of what if you know you're going to have the gig and you can do things right or wrong the way you want to do it and not have these teams that just massively go back and forth. The Chargers with Justin Herbert, they have an offensive coach in Anthony Lynn. He's not good enough. They hire Brandon Staley. He's about to get run out of town. They're going to do everything they can to hire Ben John. You know what I mean? Just the back and forth everything. So I think, yeah, I do think the, the lack of patience on NFL coaching staffs is bad for everybody. But my theory on quarterbacks is a different one. And this is where I think Brady got it wrong. I don't think it's that the play's gotten worse. I think that the top-level play is now so fucking good that teams are like, like, in the 90s, Kenny Pickett would be the Pittsburgh Steelers starter for 12 to 15 years. Yeah, I, I I watched Neil O'Donnell hey, play there. Listen, you can't tell listen. me that this guy's not as good as him. They went to a Super Bowl. Hey, they,
2: okay, listen to this. Aaron Rodgers was in his prime. Matt Stafford close to it. Trubisky made the playoffs twice. Yes. In it, the 70s, yeah, he would be Brian sight for the Browns. Yeah, and, He'd
3: start for a decade. And so, right. And so what I think is the top-level quarterbacks, now that you have some of the best athletes also playing quarterback, uh, whether it be Josh Allen or Lamar or Mahomes, who could have played a bunch of sports, Russell Wilson when he was in his prime, these guys, that teams that have, uh oh, he's fine, are always looking for the next guy. Yeah. And the guy who it's like, ah, eh, he's fine. If he somehow gets to year seven, he's going to be pretty good. But yeah. they, but you don't want to, they, they don't get there. Like golf didn't all of a sudden get better worse whatever it is he's been the same guy he's super accurate if he's protected he's not going to be able to hold on the ball because he has small hands and if you get a pass rush on him it's not going to work out but he now has seen so much more football done all these things that those weaknesses are still there but the strengths are accentuated those things are better but he almost never got another chance like when you have when you have these aliens playing quarterback. If you have a guy who's average, you're going to get rid of him to draft the next guy, and that's a lottery ticket, which then leads to a lot of young, raw quarterbacks, which leads to bad quarterback
0: play. complete terms.
1: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
2: Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward draft coverage. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, like all-time NCAA scoring leader Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and many of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round picks. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out the most popular trading card brands like Prism, Select, Don Russ, and more. For those NFL draft fans get real-time trading cards, after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards, right after they happen, Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Coward Draft coverage. Finally, there are certain things in sports and business that are just hard and they're imperfect. And there's just no way um, to generate perfection. And um, I think in sports, one of those in the NFL is game clock management. So when you get to the end of the game, um, you've got certain units uh, over the course of a game, players get injured. So, you know, players you would have used in sets earlier now can't play. So it's a, as games evolve in the NFL, the later they go, the harder they are to manage analytics now wasn't really an issue 10 years ago. Now you have to consider analytics. There's the clock. If you have a young quarterback, they're not as strong at managing the clock. And so you tend to be, uh, uh, I agreed with you on John Harbaugh against the Chargers, go for it. In that situation, I would have gone for it. But it does bring up an interesting, uh, because I think you're too hard on people for game clock management, yeah, and I think it's one of those things that unless you've played football or you've coached, you don't understand. It's like play-by-play, play, how effing hard it is. Andy Reid sure. was, I mean, debased for years in Philadelphia, and then he got Mahomes and nobody talks about it. McVay gets clobbered. Yep. When you acknowledge, and there's probably several analogous options here, that it is one of those things that is probably – much harder than people understand.
3: I it's Yes, I acknowledge that. I think that is correct, which is why it just should be farmed out. And I'm not talking about choosing to go for it on fourth down or not. That I do, listen, I think coaches are far too conservative in large part on that. And I understand our broadcasters very often will be like, well, or the coaches after the game will say, well, yes, we knew the analytics, but given the circumstances of the game, blah, 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 blah. My issue with that is, here's if that's really what's happening, oh, we know the numbers, but because this guy was out or this or that, we went the other way. How come this, my entire football life has never happened? Oh, yeah, we knew the numbers said we have to punt here, but given the circumstances of the game, we said, we're fucking going for it. That never happens. It never in my life has it been like, oh yeah, all the numbers say do the conservative thing, but we're going to be extra aggressive because of the circumstances. So to huh. me, coaches are far too conservative, yeah. but that has to be the decision of the head coach. I do believe you can't farm that out. You can give them the information. You can talk to them when it's not during the week. That needs to be your general on the battlefield, making that call. The timeout stuff, Colin, the clock management stuff, Colin, is blackjack. And there's only one right way to play it. Let me give you a for instance that I bet, I honestly believe, 29 of 32 NFL head coaches would fail this test. There is a very specific, and it might only come up once a year if ever, scenario where if you are trailing and you are trying to stop the clock and the other team is trying to run it out, you do not want to call timeout on the north side of the two-minute warning. When is it and why? And the answer to that question is, and people listening thinking, they're like, well, let me think blah. blah." it's very, very specific. If there is between about 242 and 247, exactly that much time left in the half, and you only have one timeout, you 100% should not use it because the average play is going to take between two to five seconds. And whether you call your timeout there or not, that the the two plays later is going to happen on the other side of the two-minute warning. So if you save it, you can then save 39 seconds on the other side of the two-minute warning. If you have multiple, and if people are like, that's confusing, get out a piece of paper and write it down and and track it out. I promise I'm right. It's a very unique spot, but you got to know it. You've got to know the ways that to give yourself the best option. A thing that super sharp coaches started to do a couple years ago was, oh shit, if the other team We have two timeouts, and it is second and one. We're going—we're trying to stop them. We're going to pretend to jump off sides and hope they accept the penalty because the odds are they're getting this first down on one of the next two plays anyway, and we just want it to be untimed. Like, Vrabel did that. Belichick did that. Now coaches have caught on to it. There are certain things— that if in the fog of war, the head coach can't handle all yeah. of it, then hire some kid that played Madden their whole life and figured it out when they were high and 17 years old, like I did. I'm not, listen, I do happen to be brilliant, but this is not part of my brilliance. This is part of me gambling on Madden in a dorm for years and just understanding these little quirks. And so I've joked forever. Before I hired an NFL head coach, I'd be like, we're going to a casino and I'm going to watch you play blackjack for two hours. And if you make one mistake, I'm not hiring you. If there's one time where you're like, ah, I know you have a seven and I have a 16, but I'm going to stay. OK, you're not going to be my guy. Fourth downs are not that black and white. Clock management is. So that stuff I won't give any quarter on. Fourth down stuff, I like the Harbaugh thing. Sorry, I'm ranting. You touched on a passionate point for me. I think coaches super overvalue going up six points. I actually don't know that in the final ninety seconds, I'd rather be up six than three. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but if you're up six, the other team has to score a touchdown. Is in four down territory, four down all the whole time. You know what I mean? They are going perma aggression. Up three, they're going to be a little more conservative. They're going to once they get in field goal range, they're definitely kicking it. All of that, and either way, up three or six, a touchdown beats you. So the the Harbaugh thing I thought was insane. I'm like, you're up three, a first down wins the game. If you you need one yard, if you kick a field goal, a touchdown beats you either way. Like that one killed me. Like I do think coaches far too often, uh. Don't just ask themselves the question I would always be asking myself, which is if I were coaching the other team, what am I rooting for? And if I'm playing Lamar Jackson and I have Justin Herbert, no matter how he's been playing, am I rooting for them to be able to make it to where Justin Herbert never touches the ball again? Or am I rooting for them to put a kicker on the field and guarantee Justin Herbert touches the ball again? Of course, I'm rooting for that, so do the opposite. Harbaugh's usually pretty good about that. I thought he screwed it up Sunday, but they, it didn't matter. did I actually it. agreed with you on
2: that. All right, buddy. Good show. Mark Cuban, Jim Harbaugh, LeBron James, Malika Andrews. Uh, we, we-
3: Malika Andrews, man. And at least, uh, you know what? Hold on. I'm going to say one last thing on that, on the Malika thing. I... And I want to be
2: uh Prescient.
3: respectful here because I don't know Malika at all, and she doesn't need me defending yeah. her. But the amount of of shit that women in our field take from these creeps on the internet, yeah. and then you add to it the amount of like part of the stuff with malika has a really really that i'm not going to get into like dark mm. racial connotation about her her life and her upbringing that is touches close to home for me that i feel really really is is really cruel i i listen i don't know if she listens to the volume everyone should listen to the volume but if she doesn't if someone who is listening to this or seeing this uh is in her circle Please let her know that those of us, her colleagues, that maybe haven't said anything because you're not trying to draw more attention to these creeps on the Internet, have her back. She's a star and from all accounts, uh, incredibly hard worker. And all these people coming after her for some old nonsense, I think is really, really, really gross. That's it.
2: Social media can be really, really, really gross. I mean, that's that's the truth of it.
3: Not to me, man. Everybody loves me. It's unbelievable. I can't believe it. Nobody's ever sent a mean tweet about me. Nobody ever makes fun of my hair, my nose, anything. They're just universally approved. Just like you, Colin. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon.
2: The volume. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over fifty years.